Welcome to How to Have Fun at Work. My name is Lynn Parker, and I spent years doing something I was good at, but not having any fun. Then one of my clients told me women aren't funny. So I created Funny Women, and the rest is history. In this podcast, I talk to guests from both comedy and business. They have a lot more in common than you would ever imagine. Now, I love a metaphor, and there are many for rising to a challenge or taking risks. Taking the plunge is one that is particularly apt to my life, and I quite like the buzz of jumping in feet first and seeing what happens. Over the years, I've encouraged a few people to take the plunge, including my guests today, Bernie Morgan and Mary McAfee. They both took part in a Funny Women Challenge in March 2011 at the now sadly gone Hoxton Apprentice as part of our celebrations for the centenary of International Women's Day. I had challenged five businesswomen to try their hand at stand-up comedy for the first time in support of the lovely Lady Val Corbett's Training for Life charity. I also enlisted some mentors and Mary was mentored by Bernie. Now, welcome. I brought you back together, a reunion. Hello. Hello. Fantastic. Hello. Hello. It's so great to be here. <laughs> now, now well, interestingly, this comes out just before International Women's Day this year. It's really hard to believe that it was 11 years ago and that this year, 2022, Funny Women is 20 years old. Can you believe that? Amazing. Well done, you. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. I know. Long, long service medal coming, I think. Right, let me introduce you both properly. So my first guest is Mary McAfee, who has been working with emerging and senior leaders designing and delivering bespoke people development and talent initiatives globally across the sectors for the last 15 years. She is founder of the Women into Leadership Programme for the UK Houses of Parliament and specialises in behavioural change and equality and inclusion. Mary trained at the Royal Conservatoire of Scotland and has had a successful career as a BBC TV presenter and theatre TV and film actor. She has been a regular judge for the We Are The City Rising Stars Award and a judge on the BBC Apprentice Finals. She more of a medal deserved for this. She's a mother of two young boys <laughs> and occasionally she dabbles in stand-up comedy. Are you still dabbling, Mary? It, very occasionally, actually, Lynn. I, <laughs> yeah. I, after, after I met you I, and Bernie, I, I did actually do um, bits and pieces of it. But um, yeah, my, my life is occasionally a bit of a comedy, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> I think, I think, so yeah, I'm still dabbling. <laughs> my second guest is Bernie Morgan, who I got to know well as one of my former coaching clients. After a successful business career, Bernie has taken up her pen and is the author of The Amazing Life of Cecilia Chatterjee, a biography of her great-grandmother, one of India's first female lawyers. She is also the host of her own podcast, Amazing Women Invisible Lives, which shines a light on the lives and achievements of women. And I'm proud to say she's included me. Bernie's hobbies, we have hobbies, <laughs> includes boxing, ballet and stand-up comedy. She's an avid quizzer and has appeared on four national TV quiz shows. Now, this is, I don't know this, Bernie. Which, are the, <laughs> which quiz shows have you appeared on? Well, first of all, The Chase. And, wow. Uh, I did... Got no money, got no money, but did quite well. I don't know if you ever watch it, do you, either no. of you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I got 9,000 back to the final, Mary. So, um, you know, 
that wasn't bad. Oh. Then I did Impossible, which is a lunchtime BBC lunchtime quiz, and I won ten grand. I won the whole wow. thing, so that was good. And then I did Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and sadly was rubbish and totally useless. Didn't even get onto the chair or anything like that. And I've just recorded another one, which I'm not allowed to say, but will come out later on this year. But it's a team one and a national team one. I think wow. we recorded it last month. Yeah. Bernie, I am in awe of oh, yeah. you. That yeah. is amazing. <laughs> you should see me on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. You would have no awe whatsoever. <laughs> it was total rubbish. We'll all, we'll all be running to our televisions now to see this. Now, what what a great start for, a, for the topic of taking the plunge. So obviously that's wow. a real taking the plunge, isn't it? Doing a quiz show. Yeah. Um, so today we're talking about um, our attitudes to challenge and risk. And I think all three of us have had experiences of that. In stand-up specifically, we, we're used to seeing less women. And I think that is to do with the fact that we're quite risk-averse or we're busy or whatever it is. But, you know, I do think things have changed a lot over the last 20 years. So let's, let's jump in. Let's do it. So, um, Mary, when does it feel right to take the plunge and do the seemingly impossible? Do you know what? I think you should just go for it when opportunity presents itself to you. Um, I mean, for instance, when we did the Funny Women Challenge with with yourself, Lynn, I was part of that women's network and you came out and you said, all right, I'm looking for volunteers. I'm going to invest in five women and, you know, we're going to give you mentors and you're going to do stand up. And I literally shrank away and thought, I'm not doing that. But but I woke up, I remember specifically waking up about five o'clock in the morning in a bit of a cold sweat going, what is wrong with you? Most of the women in this network are business women and you're a blooming trained actor and, and a TV presenter. Why are you not doing this? And I think I probably texted your emails at six o'clock in the morning. So so it, those kind of things that you kind of, you, you stop yourself and you think, oh, what if I'm no good? Or, you know, what mm. if I'm not going to show myself up in my best light? Really get in the way of progress. And sometimes we've just got to throw ourselves in at the deep end and think, what is the worst that can really happen here? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. I, I, I so agree with you. And I am a great arm twister, as you well know. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bernie, your great grandmother... Yeah, she she liked to challenge. Tell us, she a- did like a challenge. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so she, um, her name was Cecilia Chatterjee, as in the title of the book, and um, she wanted to be a lawyer in India, in British India, hundred years ago. And women could study law then, but they weren't allowed to practice it, which is, seems very odd to me, really. But I suppose it would. So she had to go through the whole motions of studying law and then trying to sort of practice it with under the wire, if you see what I mean. Wow. Um, but the other challenges she went through, uh, Lynn, that, uh, you might be referring to, were that she was married four times. Unbelievable. And she, I oh know, and she had 13 children as well. Right? So ouch. she had a lot going on. Yes, ouch. Is but, uh, but her last husband um, was 25 years younger than her. So, oh, you know, when you think woman. she was four. Yeah, exactly. She was 48 and he was 23. Oh, wow. I know. That would raise eyebrows today, wouldn't it? But think of India 100 years ago. She she just forged her own way, which is why I wanted to shine a light on her story, because it's such an amazing story that nobody would know otherwise. She was was before her time, really, wasn't she? Absolutely, yes. She married out of her religion. She she did a whole range of other things, which I don't want to do spoiler alerts. No, no. No, We're all going to rush and buy the book. Yeah. (laughs) 
but she was yeah you know, she just forged her own path as you say Linda was ahead of her time and nobody would know so no. I'm really pleased that to be able to tell her story really it's brilliant Mary now you work with women in leadership so tell us a bit more about that when do they jump off or jump in well the thing is about leadership uh, Lynn is it can start at any time. We, we work with very senior women and we also work with women in, in the middle of their careers and very junior women. And we always talk about it doesn't matter if you have no formal authority and you might be the most junior person in the room. It's about behaviours and it's about what kind of behaviours you want to present as a leader. We can all present leadership skills. Um, and I think it's about building people up to feeling confident about what they can do rather yeah. than what they can't. And the thing is, the way our brains operate with all our biases and even biases about ourselves is that we're, we're more negatively biased to think about all the things that we maybe haven't done or all our failings rather than thinking about, look at me, I am amazing. Look what I've achieved so far and what more can I achieve from now on? They need a bit of Cecilia Chatterjee, I think, to (laughs) inspire them. (laughs) It didn't stop her, did it? Now, um, Bernie, when Mm. you are about to take the plunge with any of your Mm. life projects, you know, do you do you work on instinct or do you spend a lot of time preparing? How do you work? Yeah, I think it's a bit of both, but I also fully agree with Mary because I think if the opportunity presents itself, take it. And I think often people don't because they think oh I'm going to fail or I'll look stupid but I worked on the grounds well I look stupid anyway so let's just do it and see what happens really because I I had the opportunity in earlier in my career to um, bring a new industry into this country and that's how we met each other Lynn I think yes yeah yes uh, I was a CEO of an organization that headed up a whole new industry and though that when they tried to recruit someone they couldn't find anyone because nobody would take the risk (laughs) they were recruiting from the Oxbridge sort of world and nobody wanted to take the risk and and feel that they'd failed and that would be attached to their you know their name whereas I was coming up completely left field I'd been a housewife for 14 years I'd worked in a chip shop when my kids were little and you know and then I just worked I got myself an MA blah blah blah, but I worked myself up and I suddenly thought well I could fail at this but it wouldn't matter much because I don't have a name and I don't have a something to hang on with it but actually I could do it I might be able to do it so turning down the opportunity would have been dreadful um, and so I just decided to take the plunge as you say and just go for it really. It's interesting that though about the the risk and weighing it up mm. because if you've got not much to lose mm. or you're starting as you said yeah. you'd been at home with the kids and mm. you were starting again you didn't have form you didn't have a no. you know so I think that's a very interesting thing about mm. risk that mm. you know we we worry about what we could lose yes Ma- Mary yes, would you absolutely. agree with that absolutely and the thing is it's about it was it was interesting what you were saying about failure there Bernie because it's actually about failing fast we're all going to fail at some point Mm. how quickly can you fail and get back in the saddle I mean we work with global organizations um, that tech companies that used to kind of think that other tech companies were um, were, were the people that had to worry about. But actually what they have to worry about is, is the young people sitting in their parents' garage right. starting up, you know, doing a startup. Yeah. They are yeah. the ones that are able to fail fast and then get back up on their feet. So it's it's having that mindset of having your own psychological safety in order to keep uh, making those challenges, like building yeah. on those challenges and taking that risk. 
I think that's a great point, Mary, because this getting back up again is phenomenally important, I think, that to know that you've got the resilience to do that. And um, my particular career in stand-up comedy has had some very <laughs> low moments. And then you've had to sort of get yourself back up again. And after what I've always felt was totally humi- total humiliation <laughs> was just to do it again, really. And it's a bit like you said, well, what can happen if you do it again? It might go well, it might not. But uh, there won't be anything worse than what you've just done. So it's like, it's like, but it's like that in a career, isn't it, as well? Yeah, you know, yeah. you will make mistakes. That's right. Yeah. And it's that resilience that's important. Yeah. And back to the metaphors, that, that is exactly what it is. It's a roller coaster, whether it's yeah. your career or, or whether it's, you know, doing stand up is like a little microcosm of what can happen. Absolutely, it is. Yeah. And the Mary? thing is, the thing is as well that um, we, we spend an awful lot of time worrying about what other people think about us. Mm. And actually, yeah. most of the time, everybody else is worrying about what other people think of us. So they're actually not worried about you at all. They're, they're, they're internalizing everything themselves. Mm, so, yeah. you know, if, if you start changing your mindset and start thinking, do you know what? They're not that bothered about me. <laughs> I have the ability to take these risks and mm. people will probably forget because, you know, they're, we're quite internal thinking about the impact mm. that we're all making. So it, it's, it's definitely about that mindset. You're listening to How to Have Fun at Work, brought to you by Funny Women and Hilarious. So we all face different challenges, you know, professional and personal. I'm sure both all three of us have been through quite a few of those. What what is what is happening, Mary? What's the physiology of challenge? What you, you know, you've already alluded to it, but what's going on in our brains and our bodies at that point? Well, the thing is, a lot of the time, even at work, we don't kind of realise that we're in this kind of fight or flight situation. Um, your cortisol levels are rising all the time, particularly if you get an email that jumps into your inbox and you don't like the look of it, or maybe somebody challenges you on a Zoom call or a Teams call, and these cortisol levels go right up. Um, And it's about dealing with that in the moment and really learning to take a step back, to breathe, to allow the kind of dust to settle so that you're not you're not jumping in with an emotional reaction. You're actually giving yourself time to respond, because what happens is, you know, very often we have an amygdala hijack, which is this little part of our chimp brain that just jumps in and says, (laughs) I don't like what you just done. (laughs) You know, and I'm going to fire off that email. So we have to allow our bodies and the physiology of our bodies to, to calm down. It's all about our hormones and about being able to manage that. Bernie, human condition, are, are we are we built for challenge? I mean, can we talk about women specifically? Yeah, I mean, I think, well, it's interesting, isn't it? I think it's down to the person and I think women mm. will challenge in one way, perhaps faces challenges in one way and men another. And it possibly, I might be generalising here, but the testosterone fueled mad jumping about of things and that sort of thing could be very male. It's a male energy, really. But I think women will take other challenges. And when I worked in the microfinance industry, and that's part of what we brought in uh, to this country, we didn't bring, that wasn't total of it. It was women who were the people that took microfinance, women who took the loans and women, but they took 
educated levels of loans. You know, men could take loans, but then they would take massive mm. amounts and it would all be all yeah. very madly um, mad risking, really. Whereas the women could take it, but it was very gentle risks and steps. And, and partly that's because they didn't have the confidence in, oh, am I good enough? A bit like you're saying, Mary. So it's like, am I good enough or whatever? And partly it's just that that's the caution with women who are often thinking what's going to happen to my children if this goes wrong. Whereas men, often they don't factor that into their thinking. So, so I, I think I think that it does depend. But uh, yeah, there is a, I think there's a mindset. Mm. But I know plenty of women who say to me, I don't know why you do that. I'd, I'd fail if I did that. So I couldn't bring myself to do that. And I, you know, there's plenty of, so I think it's a mindset in itself as well that people will think, let's go and, and take this level of trust in oneself. You know, I, yeah. I always like that book, um, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway yeah. by Susan Jeffers. And yeah. she talks Brilliant. about, yeah, that, that if you're so scared, you can't do it. It's because you don't trust yourself. And I'm not saying necessarily that I've known what will happen and I've, no, or I've known that I'm good enough to do stuff, but I've been happy to take the risk and find out really. I just want to put a word in and say not all men here because no, I think we're right. we're all on a spectrum, aren't we? And some, yes, yes, you know, we so, are. Yeah. Some men feel the same as us, and some mm. women feel this, are much mm. more mm. Uh, masculine in their behaviour. I think we've yeah. got lots in between now, but yeah, mm. I do think generally it's our again back to our physiology mm. of having to bring up children and mm. monitor risk in a very different way. We, yeah. you know, we are we are not built to to be the, the hunter. We are the, yeah. the gatherers and the nurturers. Mary, you want to say something yeah, about that? I, I think it's also about when you're, when you're trying to reset that mindset, it's also looking at, you know, your achievements, all the things that you've done so far. So when, when Bernie was saying that, you know, people might say to her, some friends might say, oh, I couldn't do what you're doing. But actually, if you think about all the things that have challenged us over the years, like the, the first time when you, when you went, oh, I'm going to go to high school, wonder, wonder if I'll make a friend, you know, wonder if I'll get picked on and you survived that. Or the first time you left home or you went to university or you went and got a job and you thought, oh, maybe I wonder what I'm doing. You survived that. And then just thinking about those skills, you know, the first time you went in a flat share and you didn't know how to even pay rent and you <laughs> achieved all these things. And if you start writing a list of all these throwaway achievements that we mm. don't concentrate on you start to go look at what I've achieved and all these amazing things that I never thought I could do so mm. if you can bring that forward to say well actually here's another challenge think of all those things I could didn't think I could do mm. I can do this and I'm going to take a small step towards it it doesn't have to be a massive jumping off a cliff it's all about small increments of success mm. and celebrating them yeah, I agree. Because I took up ballet at forty-seven. Right? I'd always wanted Amazing. to do ballet. Love it. <laughs> no, love you it. didn't see me. You didn't see me. I think if you saw me, you'd think something quite different. Because I was like twice the size, or twice the age, twice the size, and half as bendy as everybody else in the class. But um, I managed to persuade a friend to come with me once I'd done a few classes because I thought she'd enjoy it. And then she said after she said, "I'm never going back." She said, "I couldn't do it." And I said, "Well, of course you couldn't do it because how would you expect to be able to do it on your first?" lesson but she never yeah. came back you know and I just said well, oh. for me it was a learning experience and yeah. something I'd always wanted to do in fairness but I was quite shocked because I thought this person would really enjoy it but she said no you know I think a lot of us are I'm I'm very risk averse when it comes to physical stuff you know right, I mean yeah. ballet 
possibly I'd have a go yeah, at. Yeah, you'd be fine. Uh, but um, things like I had a go at skiing, I'm rubbish. Ooh, Anything yeah, really sort of scary, I wouldn't do abseiling. No. I couldn't do that kind of thing. No. Uh, Mary, are you are you good at sporty stuff? Well, you know, it's just funny, Bernie's saying, oh, you know, I was I was twice the size and twice the age. I am. Um, I've always danced and, and I love ballet. And uh, I was still doing ballet when I was eight and a half months pregnant with my first wow. child. Amazing. And, Fantastic. And was, honestly, doing pirouettes. And I could see the rest <laughs> of the people in. I mean, it was an adult ballet class. So it was lots of women that maybe hadn't done it before or had done it when they were children. And, and the poor teacher was like, please stop what you're doing. Stop now. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so so I wanted to keep that up. I I was very much in the mindset of going, this baby's not going to change me. <laughs> um, so so yeah, I I I I really I've got a big um, I I'm I am a huge fan of exercise. I think it's very important to make us feel good about ourselves. And I did a lot of it during lockdown. It, it pretty mm. much kept me sane as well as the wine. So it's all about balance. <laughs> Well, that's where I went wrong. I did the wine and not the exercise. <laughs> All went horribly wrong. What's up? This is How to Have Fun at Work with Lynn Parker, the founder of Funny Women. To find out how to have fun in your workplace, visit www.herlarious.co.uk. Let's go back to the... 11 years ago, when we were preparing for the stand-up, the spectrum of emotion, you know, you've talked a lot about other things, but, uh, you know, what what was going through your head, Mary, when you got on that stage and there'd been a certain amount of pressure and expectation, perhaps on yourself more than anything, but was it a positive experience? It was hugely positive afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> at the time do you know what it is about about stand-up and, and what I loved and the thrill of it is it's so kind of cheeky in a way of I felt I'm going out here and asking people to laugh and asking to find me funny and I'm not using other people's material it's not a play it's not something that I've been asked to do with my job it's the sheer audacity of going out there and saying, oh, I've got something funny to say, I think. Um, and I think that was such a major thrill. And of course, at the same time, on the other side, you've got that absolute fear of failure that Bernie talked about of saying, well, you know, I might be rubbish and you know, nobody's going to laugh. So I think you get a massive adrenaline kick out of it. And, and actually, people are usually very kind. Mm. So you might get the odd titter and that's enough. Well, I'd like to think in Funny Women Land, and in that circumstance, we we were making sure people were kind. We didn't we didn't unleash you on a proper hardcore comedy audience. <laughs> Bernie, you've done both. You've done yeah. you've done challenge stuff, and you obviously mentored Mary, yes. and I work with you. So we've yes. been full circle between the three of us. Yes. Yeah, I think it is. It's terrifying. It's a bit like you say. I mean, I've done some since then, obviously not since lockdown. But, you know, in the morning of a gig, you just wake up and think, what was I thinking? You know, <laughs> why do I what, what possibly you know, got hold of me to make me think I could do this? You know, Because it does seem audacious. I thought that was a brilliant word Mary, that you used. <laughs> um, but so that night, I remember 
so wanting you and I, I uh, mentored some other people as well. There was Lisa and there was somebody else just to do well. And I knew you would, but you know, my heart was beating for you and just hoping that it, you did well and that you enjoyed it and all of that. But I also wondered whether I was another pressure in, in the audience, <laughs> you know, because you're thinking, oh God, she's probably sitting there thinking, shut up, Bernie, go away. <laughs> or, But, you know, so there was that element to it. And I remember doing a, my own gig at that Thing. and having a joke that I couldn't get quite right and I people were lovely and I think Lynn you have transformed the landscape of comedy oh, and thank I know you. that's something that you wanted to do and made it much more um, welcoming to people and, and people are lovely and I think more so far more so than they used to be so yeah. I think you know it's a brilliant well done to you thank and you. I made this I made this joke and it didn't go as well as I thought, but I knew I hadn't dug the right joke out, if you see what I mean. <laughs> so I had to go home and work on it afterwards. But I just remember it was lovely. Everybody was really nice. It was a lovely evening. It was very positive mm. and just feeling, to, you know, wanting you to do so well as well, Mary. So, and, and you were brilliant. So it was great. Oh, <laughs> and you, thank you. <laughs> we did go on the year after that, 2012, to yeah. do uh, the an anniversary challenge we did oh. 10 business women for our 10th anniversary right. uh, and I have I am hatching a plan to yeah. do a similar oh. thing for the 20 yes. years but I'm not yeah. going to have 20 acts because <laughs> that would be not a very a long night. show <laughs> yeah. can, can I just jump in as well and say um to both of you actually around that time I was running workshops and I you know I'd started my business but I was also quite terrified of going out and being the spokesperson or even running a room on my own. And I used to watch other people and they were so confident, so relaxed, you know, so able to handle any questions that came up. And I really honestly think this experience of working with funny women really helped build my confidence in order for me to kind of go, if I can do that, <laughs> I can do anything. Um, so, you know, it's absolutely, it's life-changing being able to push yourself into that, out of that comfort yeah. zone and get the support and say, do you know what, look what I've just achieved and I can use this. Uh, Mary, you know, I, I, and I haven't even paid Mary to say that, which makes it even better. <laughs> but she could pay later, I thought you said. Uh, yeah, so maybe. Should be all right. But, but, the, but the interesting thing is that that has always been my ethos. It isn't mm. just about people that want to do stand-up comedy. It is about public speaking. Yeah. I've done two TEDx talks. The first time I was terrified because I over-prepared it and I wound myself up into a complete state. Mm. The second time I did it, I I riffed. I had the basic yeah. thing. Yeah. But I think that's the difference, isn't it, about the comedy training does mm. give you that confidence to just think, oh, to hell with this, I'll just have a go. Bernie, you wanted to say something? Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, that thought process that you just described, Mary, is exactly the one I've gone through, you know, with it. I thought, I've done this. I made people laugh. You know, I've done some gigs where, you know, everyone's fallen about laughing. It's been great. And actually, if I can do that, I can do anything. And mm. that's exactly the same process, the, the confidence it gives you. Because there are so many people, men and women, who come up and say, I wouldn't dream of doing that. I could not do that. I could jump out of an aeroplane, but I couldn't do stand-up comedy, you know. Yeah. And so it's, it, it is a big step for most people. And I say it's a real confidence giver. And, and I think just to build on that, actually... Uh, Bernie, just to build on that is uh, it, it gives you confidence, but you don't for, for me, it wasn't about, you know, being good or being the best mm. in the room or, mm. you know, everybody falling about laughing. It mm. was I 
done this now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think it's the act of doing yes. something outside of your yes. comfort zone yeah. that gives you the confidence, not the ability to do it particularly yeah. well. You know, yeah. it's it's that. And you've got mm-hmm. to keep doing it. You've got to keep getting yourself up and saying, you know what, how am I going to challenge myself today mm-hmm. or next week? What's that small thing that I can do? Even if it fails, mm-hmm. I've taken the challenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it yeah, is all absolutely. it is about doing it, you know, and yes. I, I see so many people go through life either not doing things because they're too frightened, which is awful, or, you know, doing something for the first time and then like your friend, Bernie, that mm-hmm. didn't go to ballet again, mm-hmm. you know, and never doing it again because you're never going to be great the first time. It is a complete lottery if your first stand-up, if you kill at your first stand-up gig. Yeah. Or, and some people do, and then their second one is absolutely awful mm-hmm. and rubbish, and that's when people dip in confidence. Yes, And absolutely. you see people who have been comedians for years having massive, you know, confident crisis crises in the middle you know in the middle of their careers they have breakdowns and they go away and come back you know but it Mm. is it's very frontline obviously if that's your job and it's your main Mm. thing that's a that's a hard one but Mm. you know in the way we're talking about it just for building confidence you can't beat it you know it's brilliant so um just just one more thing on challenge for both of you Uh, what are your current challenges bernie well, <clears throat> I've just become a radio news reader, Ooh. which is quite Ooh. fun. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, on the local radio. Give us radio. a plug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> eventually. <laughs> no, so the big challenge is to market the book and to work out how to market it internationally. There's been demand internationally for it, so that's that. But also, I have to say, I have become a radio news reader on our local community radio, and it's writing the news as well as reading the news and writing Fantastic. the news really challenging yeah because you know you have to use a different sort of syntax in a way and and a different way of doing stuff and it's yeah I'm finding that you know having say be turned to be a writer and in my professional world I wrote lots of documents and boring stuff but I've written lots of different writing sort of genres if you like but writing the news is a real that is really tough well I trained as a journalist so I identify with that yeah 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 Yeah. so you'd know that's a big challenge Mary, what is your current uh, taking the plunge? Well, uh, for me, the biggest challenge actually at the moment is is very similar for anyone that's probably lots of people that are listening to this uh, podcast is I'm trying to manage running a business, being successful at that, learning as I go, growing and then also looking after children as well. I mean, I'm, I'm so glad they're back at school. <laughs> <laughs> Please never let there be another lockdown. But it, it, it's that it's it's managing the needs of other people, and I think that that goes for mm. for a lot of women and men, um, as well as managing my own needs. And and one of my children is uh, is non-neurotypical so there's also an added kind of layer to that about how we respond to that Um, and actually I'm learning every day from him because I'm learning how my reactions will create a chain reaction in him and actually I can I can manage my own behaviors which will then help him to manage his Mm. and I think we can all learn from that actually that's very challenging but brilliant Now, it's time where I now ask you um, how you have fun at work. So, Bernie, (laughs) what's your top tip for having fun at work? Um, Well, I mean, I must admit, when I was a CEO and led a big team, one of the things we used to do after every team meeting very quickly was go around the room and ask everybody. So that's everybody who worked there for, you know, their best 
the, the most embarrassing moment or <laughs> their best moment or whatever. And it was 20 seconds, that's all. But what you did then was learn about everybody. In a, a, you got to hear or see them in a different way than you might do if it was just purely professional. And also we used to have, a, there was never a team meeting that we finished without having uproarious laughter because there was always somebody, at least one person, who had something hilarious to say. And I always yeah. found that changed the dynamic of the team, really. Yeah, it's good. brilliant. Sounds like my um, workshop exercise. I mean, I get everyone yeah, to, some of it was to, a, yeah, yeah, right, to, yeah. to talk about themselves. Um, yeah. Mary, what's your tip? Well, a couple of things. I'm, I'm very lucky that I work with actors most days who are very competitively funny and, you know, always want everybody to, you know, have a good time. So I'm, I'm lucky with the, with the people that I work with. Um, on top of that, how I, I have fun. I am all about um, the power of costume, and and I know nobody can see me, but I'm I'm actually wearing what a corporate dress with a golden brooch. I've got full makeup on, my lipstick on, and every morning, no matter what, even if I'm not doing any kind of Zoom calls or anything like that or training, I will get dressed for work. And I I even wear shoes. I don't wear shoes in our house, but I'll wear high heels. Um, and sit under my desk because it just actually makes me feel that I'm I'm the part. And um, you know, at the weekends I'll change my clothes three times, three times a day, um, just depending on my mood. Ooh. So um, so that's how I I have fun. I I enjoy that power of costume and how it changes how I respond to situations. Sounds like you're a, an extra in Downton Abbey. You know, oh. you're dressing for dinner. Yes, please. Dressing that, that, that would suit me perfectly. Yes. Day wear. So. Day wear. <laughs> sitting, having tea wear. Lovely. I'll get my valet to help me. I'm, I'm my lady's always, maid. I was always amazed that anyone gets any work done if they have to change their clothes three times a day. But there you go. <laughs> Um, you've both been amazing. You've both been amazing. Um, Bernie, where mm. can we find you? And plug you away. Yeah, so the book is The Amazing Life of Cecilia Chatterjee, which you can buy from any bookstore or online from anywhere. And my or my website, which is www.amazingwomeninvisiblelives.com. So you'll find uh, all the podcast interviews on there. And uh, my contact details are there or LinkedIn. You can get me on LinkedIn, LinkedIn. as well. Marvellous. Mary? So you can find me at scenechange.co.uk, like a change of scene. Um, and also I have an online course called Communicating Confidently, which just helps everybody with their vocal skills, how they show up, impact and influencing. And, um, and if you find me on Scene Change, I can let you know more about that. And we'll maybe have to do a collaboration, Mary, and uh, I'd get, love it. Uh, do a Scene Change and Funny Women event at some point i am 100 percent up for that <laughs> thank you both so much uh lovely to see you both again let's yeah. not leave it another 11 years but uh, <laughs> maybe maybe i'll get you both involved with a new challenge this year goodbye bye you've been listening to how to have fun at work with lynn parker if you like us please subscribe review and share Chicka, 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 chicka.